0: Hello and welcome to Fair Voice. I'm your host, Hannah Syriac. Fair Voice is affiliated with Fair Mormon, but the opinions expressed here do not necessarily represent the opinions of Fair Mormon, the organization, or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints welcome to today's episode today's episode is going to be a part two for how to be an apologist um we're keeping it at a shorter episode because i want to encourage you instead of listening to my podcast to listen to the 2020 fair mormon conference right now the 2020 fair mormon conference is going on it goes on from august 5th to august 7th you can purchase a ticket to watch the conference live or you can purchase a ticket to watch the conference on demand after the conference airs. The reason you should watch this conference, I know you're looking for a reason because, you know, you do have to spend money on it. The reason you should watch this conference is if you want to defend the church, you need to be up to date on what is happening with the people who are doing the scholarship, who are writing the books, who are writing the articles that are doing that work. And I think their presentations are invaluable. I am Really looking forward to some of the presentations that we have in the next couple of days. Valerie Hudson also did an exceptional job. I thought that was a really interesting presentation. So, I want you to go online and I want you to register for the 2020 Fair Mormon Conference instead of listening to my podcast. I know that seems really weird. I'm like diminishing my podcast but plugging the conference. But don't worry, the conference will be over and then I'll plug my podcast again. But for now, 2020 Fair Mormon Conference. So, today we're going to do a second part how to be an apologist and the reason we're doing a second part how to be an apologist is because i did some reflecting and i did some talking to people um i did some discussing and i came to a conclusion i don't think i hit hard enough on one point that i want to hit hard on today and explain how this could be beneficial to apologetics when we speak about apologetics i think oftentimes this point is with respect to a more positive form of apologetics so let's talk about the difference between positive and negative apologetics and talk about a bit of the history of the church's involvement with this so i would define the difference between positive and negative apologetics as positive is not reactionary so positive is being proactive it is saying why the church is true it is not responding to critics it is simply Arguing for the veracity of a church truth claim, whereas negative apologetics is responses to criticism. Historically, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has been involved with much, much more, at least from what I've seen, negative apologetics. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. We tend to respond to critics of the church more frequently than we respond to then we respond to the idea that we need to defend our truth, if that makes sense. And this difference, I think, is why we don't have as much apologetics as we could have. And I know that might be a controversial claim, but here are my thoughts on this. It's a lot harder to defend truth claims than it is to respond to truth claims. Because when you defend truth claims, you're constructing an argument from evidence that you have but you're not responding to an argument. So you have to construct the framework, the logic, the reasoning, as opposed to finding holes in their their framework, logic and reasoning. And I think that this is something we need to do a bit more. And I'm going to give you a few examples and a few tips and tricks for how I think would be best for you to try to do this. Obviously you do your research, obviously figure out what works best for you, but here, are some of the things that I have done. And I'm going to read you some some of the stuff that I wrote a while back um, because I think it's actually useful for the conversation. Tip number one, find a place where you can do some positive apologetics. And your place is going to be different... regardless of who you are. So I actually was super interested in particle physics when I was young, and obviously I'm not a particle physicist. Um, I'm a classicist and an ancient studies person. However, I decided that I was going to show how the Higgs boson and the standard model of physics could help us understand God and could prove the existence of God as existing within the scheme of eternal laws. And I'll I'll just read you a little bit of what I said. And obviously this is going to be really bad because this is, you know, 18 year old Hannah. I think I actually was 17 when I wrote this, I was either 17 or 18. 17 or 18 year old Hannah with a high school physics education trying to prove the existence of God using particle physics. But you'll get the point. So here's what I said. The Higgs boson is one of the elementary particles that has a non-zero constant and is noted for its lack of spin charge and color change. Higgs bosons are accompanied by a Higgs field. Both Both of these work to give particles their mass, which is how science tries to overcome the flaw in the standard model. The standard model does not account for the actual creation of mass until you factor in the Higgs boson and field, which would resolve the flaw. The Higgs boson is probably the biggest thing in particle physics that we discuss currently. I don't know if that's true anymore, but it was. Tr- I think it was true. Um, one question, uh, I'm continuing reading. I contemplated the name of this particle. The Higgs boson also nicknamed the God particle. Why is it called the God particle? For a while, I adored the nickname, because it meant I could put my faith in something tangible, something provable, something scientific. It meant that I could explain an origin without God. After all, the particle itself originated, gave other particles mass, and was integral in the Big Bang. It all made sense to me. Eventually, one day I thought about it further. Just like anything scientific, a set... A certain set of conditions had to exist in order for us to have a Higgs boson. This set of conditions had to have an origin. And if it did not have to have an origin, it had to exist outside of an origin. It had to exist as a law. These laws are what enabled the Higgs boson to function the way that it did. But how did it function in that way? And why did it function in that way? The odds of it creating mass are astronomical. Why would it do that? The best conceivable explanation for me was God." So obviously from there, I defend that position. I don't just leave it there and I'm like, see, reason. Um, What I do is I take scientific understanding of the Higgs boson, however rudimentary my understanding was. And then I use philosophy to try to reconcile the two. And this created a very interesting tension within my apologetics. Because I then started seeing defending my faith as constructing reasonable arguments for my faith as opposed to constructing reasonable arguments against the critics of my faith. So when we talk about positive apologetics, I think something that we need to do is understand where we fit in. I said in this spiel, um, I I talk about non-infinite multiverse theory and I talk about how it neglects the fact that the conditions would have to have been perfect in order to create the universe. And that does not make sense because we have because given human capabilities, we seem quite different than other species, blah 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 blah. So I take I take the critical theories that are being used within a particular field and I show their connection to religion. I think that's really helpful. So I don't do this obviously with particle physics, as I've said like twenty times. Um But I think the most important thing to do is to find your in, is to find your way of doing this. And for me, it tends to be more of a scriptural way in. I would say scripture is my way in or philosophy is my way in as opposed to anything like, I don't know, anything like physics or biology. But those are important. Those are necessary. And by, and by starting with the nature of God and the existence of God, the very useful thing that you then can do is you can show how the cons- the creation and construction of the universe is such that God has to have certain qualities or characteristics. And for me... One of the biggest within within LDS theology is that God exists within the bounds of natural law, that he embodies natural law, that he understands natural and eternal law, and that he uses natural and eternal law to bring about his purposes, his work, and his glory. For me, that was the biggest, the biggest organizing tool of my own personal theology. And that's how I started constructing my belief system. So my first tip, just to review, my first tip is find your way in. Find something that you're really good at. It could be music, it could be physics, it could be, I don't know, Latin, it could be Greek, it could be English. Find something that you're really good at and use that as your way to try to understand your theology and try to help others understand your theology in a positive light. The second thing that I want to say is oftentimes we talk, when we speak about apologetics, I think we do it in a precarious way. And I'm probably gonna get some criticism for this, but that's okay. I think we have to acknowledge that yes, we can show that God is reasonable. We can show that the LDS religion is reasonable and logical, but we have to remember that spiritual witnesses are super important. And my, what I'm gonna say about these is I would say the biggest argument that a Latter-day Saint apologist should attempt to construct is why spiritual witnesses are valid. And you can do this using psycho- psychological perspectives. You can do this using philosophical perspectives. Um, a life changing read for me was reading David Hume's On Miracles. I read David Hume's On Miracles and I didn't, I won't say that I went into a faith crisis, but I definitely went into a reason crisis because I started thinking how do my presuppositions about what I'm expecting to happen transform my experiences. So basically confirmation bias. And this is something that I think we need to confront. And I think differentiating factors between spiritual witnesses and emotions and knowledge and developing apologetics for that is super important. I personally don't think that that's in my wheelhouse. I can explain how it personally affects me, but this is one of those things that I'm like, okay, I have a personal understanding of the differences that I experience, but how do we psychologically explain these differences is something that I'm really interested in. Um, I haven't been able to do it myself and probably won't be a project to undertake, but that's just an example of something that we can defend. The third and final tip, I told you guys this was going to be really short, I really want you to watch the Fair Mormon 2020 conference, and also, just letting you know, just just small plug, we have great interviews lined up, let me tell you, we have amazing interviews lined up, I have, I think, four scheduled back-to-back-to-back that I think will be amazing, and I just got word that a... rather amazing person will be emailing me soon because i wanted to interview him so that should be super exciting anyways my third and final tip and this is going to be the most interesting one is i think we need to punch back a bit what i mean when i say that is i think sometimes we take the scripture uh, we take well we take scriptural ideas around contention and we conflate them With other things. So we know that contention is of the devil, but what is contention? In Psalms we read that contention comes from a place of pride. So if we do not approach a discussion from a place of pride, I'm not convinced that we're contentious. I think contention comes with pride, and that's the differentiating factor that we need to make. So when I say punch back twice as hard, I mean we need to not go after in a negative sense, but we need to positively anticipate the truth claims that other religions make and also dismantle them um i think that that's really important to do um i don't personally do that on this podcast that's not necessarily the mission of F- fair mormon so the mission of fair mormon just in case you are wondering what in fact we are about um i'm just going to read it to you because i think that's easier uh, fair mormon is a nonprofit organization dedicated to providing well-documented answers to criticisms of LDS doctrine, belief, and practice. So again, this is more of a negative apologetics organization, but I would I would encourage you to do some positive apologetics. I actually am publishing an article on my Medium account pretty soon that I've been working on for a bit that talks about Calvinism. I have had run-ins with Calvinists, and I think being able to dismantle these arguments is just as important as responding to criticisms or constructing your own arguments so in short if you want to be an apologist find some issues that you think are particularly valuable for you to study and study them hard we need an army of apologists right now and i just want to say regardless of how old you are this is something that you can do i want to take a moment and i want to encourage you if you're listening to this and you're a teenager i want to encourage you to go out there and do it i think i'm an interesting person to have do this podcast to be honest with you so i'm actually 22 years old i started this when i was 21 but i'm 22 years old so i'm a bit on the younger side i'm not super duper young but i'm gen z and i have been doing religious studies work i would say for the last four years which compared to a lot of people at foreign mormon is not that long Um, So I have only been doing it for about four years and I'm a bit on the younger side. We need more people my age, we need more people younger and slightly older than me to get out there and do this work and it doesn't have to be super boring um i just want to take a minute and talk about kweku Quaku l um kweku l has some youtube videos and to be honest with you i kind of ignored them for most of my life um well most of my life that they've been around and then during quarantine i was just going through latter day Saint youtube um not that much stuff which we need more stuff and i, I was like okay i've heard some things about kweku Let me watch the videos. And I literally watched all of them within a couple weeks. Um, And I'm not a big YouTube watcher. And what I liked about them is they're very funny. They're entertaining. They're lighthearted. But they also get the point across. And I think you can see that he really is- He's a really intelligent person. I haven't met him. But he's a super intelligent person. He conveys his points quite well. And he seems to balance out being really funny while being really educated and I want to let you know regardless of who you are you can do that and there's not one for example we could also need we could also have more people who are on the scholarly side we could also have more people who are on the music side the dance side movies whatever it is you don't have to necessarily be funny to do apologetics and you don't necessarily have to be I don't know your typical Stereotypical professor, you can be somewhere in the middle. You can be somewhere along the spectrum. It doesn't really matter. But what I'm just saying is there's not one way to be a good apologist. The only thing that matters when being a good apologist is if you're doing it for Jesus Christ and representing Jesus Christ in the way that he demands that we represent him. That's really it. Anything else, as long as it fits within that purview, is going to be effective. It is going to be doing the Lord's work. So I just want to close with my admonition to you and also my call to you my admonition to you is that we need more apologetics we need more apologists because we're gonna see That other religions are going to keep pushing forward. And we don't want to be left behind. And we also want to get the word out. We want to get the good news out. And that's really what this is about. It's about conversion of people to the church. Of people to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Of people to Jesus Christ. And all of those things relate. All of those things we can't splice apart. And the second we splice them apart is the second that Satan wins. Because Jesus Christ has said that this is his church. And that's why we call it by his name. So I just want to put out my admonition that I have seen the way that things were going. I have seen the the way that things are going with other religions, and I think we really need to be on top of it. We really need more people on YouTube. We really need more people who are willing to do podcasts. And look, I get it. It's hard. I understand that putting yourself out there is really difficult, and I understand that you might be afraid of facing criticism, but let me testify to you. That I know that the Lord will protect you emotionally, mentally, academically. He will protect you in every single way as you do his work. I promise that to you. And I promise you that it won't be easy. But I promise you that you will feel an increased measure of his spirit with you wherever you go and i know this because i have felt it for myself and i want to call out to you if you're listening to this podcast i'm assuming that you care about the church or you're just gonna you know put it put it on reddit um but if you care about the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints and you're listening to this podcast, my call to you is I want you to find your way that you can defend the church and that you can defend Jesus Christ. It can be a small way. It can be a big way. But if we all have a way, then we show people that he is the way. Anyways, thank you so much for listening to this shorter episode. We have a bunch of different opportunities, a lot of different opportunities for you to become more engrossed in the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I promise you that as you do this sacred work, you will feel an increased amount of love from God. I know that that's the truth, and I know that you'll discover the truth more in your own life. I am really just encouraging you today to just become an apologist. Anyways, great interviews coming up. Super excited for it. Thanks for listening. Check out the Fair Mormon 2020 conference. That's all for tonight.